I have some really exciting news for listeners of the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Most people think lifestyle investing is about making more money or creating additional passive income streams. And while that is part of it, the most savvy lifestyle investors understand that having a solid tax strategy is fundamental and really foundational to creating wealth. I firmly believe that having the right tax strategy is the single best investment that you can make. I know tax strategy isn't the sexiest topic, but once you understand a few key elements to the IRS playbook, the compounding benefit you receive year after year is enormously significant. In fact, we have members inside the Lifestyle Investor Mastermind who have used these strategies and have saved hundreds of thousands of dollars, and in some cases, millions of dollars. This is not a nice to have if you're interested in growing your wealth. This is a must. In our brand new tax strategy masterclass, I have hand-selected and shared the details of the 28 most valuable strategies to help you increase your tax savings this year and for years to come. Plus, if you want to hire a top-tier tax strategist, it can easily set you back tens of thousands of dollars, if not more. And you want to make sure that you have the best, most accurate information to ensure that you're hiring the right person for you. That's why we included a whole section with advice, resources, and multiple interviews with my personal tax specialists to help you build a bulletproof tax team, but for a fraction of the cost. The entire tax strategy masterclass was designed for people like you who want to keep more of their hard-earned money without having to sift through the complicated tax code. If you're interested, head over to lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax to learn more about the course or set up a free consultation call with our team at lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash consultation. Again, that's lifestyleinvestor.com forward slash tax. Welcome to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. Imagine being able to earn passive income, build long-term wealth while gaining total freedom from your business or job. That's what lifestyle investing is all about. I'm your host, Justin Donald, and in less than two years, my investments drove enough passive income for both my wife and me to quit our jobs. And now I want to show you how to do the same. I want to teach you how to create wealth without creating a job. You'll learn the exact same investment strategies I use to multiply my net worth to over eight figures all before the age of 40. If you want to learn all about low-risk cash flow investing, achieve financial freedom, and live the life you truly desire, this podcast is going to show you exactly how to do it. Today, I'm speaking with Susan Drum. Susan is a CEO advisor and leadership coach with over 20 years of experience helping C-suite teams and senior executives develop their leadership skills so they can take their business to the next level. Her consulting firm, Meritage Leadership, has worked with organizations such as KPMG, Oracle, Viacom, Microsoft, L'Oreal, A&D Networks, Cisco, Merrill Lynch, MTV Networks, and many more. Susan also just launched The Enlightened Executive, a podcast that spotlights groundbreaking techniques and strategies to help executives and entrepreneurs get an edge when it comes to their leadership effectiveness. 
In this conversation, we're diving deep into the Enneagram, a personality assessment that you can use to identify your unique capabilities and level up your leadership skills in all areas of life. Whether you want to strengthen your skills as an investor, build a strong team that will allow you to scale your business, or show up big for your family, this tool can help you realize your full potential, both personally and professionally. One more thing before we get to today's interview. If you haven't already, be sure to hit the subscribe button on Apple or wherever you're listening so new episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. Thanks for listening, and without further delay, my conversation with Susan Drum. All right, Susan, I'm excited to get some time with you here today. Thanks for joining. Absolutely. Excited to be here talking with you. This is fun. Well, this is going to be a really special treat for our audience. And so when I think about uh, kind of the way that we met, it's pretty fun. You and I are part of a really cool group called the Selfless Givers. And the whole idea of this group is how can we help other people out? And it really is just such a cool place. Uh, We originally were connected because of our mutual friend, Jonathan Kaiser, And uh, I think the world of him, I know you think the world of him, but uh, I'd love for you to share your thoughts so far on Selfless Givers and what you think of the group. Oh, I I, I feel so blessed to be part of this group and looking for how fun is it if you can help someone else and in the process you get help too. So extraordinary group of leaders and entrepreneurs and I'm learning various businesses, you know, they're very different, but I'm learning so much through others' journeys in the process. So particularly ones that have launched a book, which I'm going to be doing as well as you have. That's right. I'm excited. And we'll definitely be able to get into that here today. I'm, I'm looking forward to chatting about that more. And, and, you know, our group is really comprised of a lot of experts here. So when I think about all the people that are part of Selfless Givers, it's you've got some high level uh, professionals in many different genres of, you know, professional life. But we do have a lot of speakers and authors. Uh, we have a lot of successful entrepreneurs in general. And so what better group could there be than what we have for launching? And I know that this group has been instrumental for me and I know it will be for you too. Yeah. They say, you know, your life is dependent on the quality of your relationships, you know? So you might like investing in your relationships really has you profit in your life. And that's what this is about. So I want to know a little bit more about you, Susan. Let's let's dig into uh, what you do, what uh, really gifts you have. I mean, you've got all kinds of unique gifts that you serve the world with. And I'd love to talk, you know, as the day goes on, as our, our time together continues on just ways that we can apply it to creating an ideal life and to really living a life with intentionality, not with, you know, a life by default. Yes, absolutely. So I, uh, I'm a CEO coach and focus on leadership development for C-suite teams. And I have a consulting firm that also works with rising stars and high potentials. And so I'll work with entrepreneurs and executives on how do they scale and grow their company and their, their own leadership 
skills to be able to handle that. And, and often I find what was once worked well when you were, you know, a five person company, a 10 person company, your leadership has to keep pace with the growth that you're experiencing within your company. And that's where we come in to help help with that transition and help with almost an operating model mindset shift that needs to occur. That's great. And that mindset shift can be on many different levels, right? This is, we can look at this as a corporate framework, but you could also look at this as a personal framework. And there are a lot of ways you can get to shifting your mindset to accomplish whatever it is that you want. It doesn't have to be business, but it can be business, right? Absolutely. In fact, I've coined this phrase, your personal evolution sparks your leadership evolution. So we're all leaders in our own lives. So how are you leading? But it really starts with you as a human being and looking at what are the gifts you bring? What are the strengths? But also what are your blind spots? What do you not know that you don't know that might be getting in your way? that if you widen perspective or widen your lens creates tremendous shift and growth uh, to be able to create the things that you want in your life. So our programs really work on both individual coaching and individual growth as a person, as a leader, as well as some of the team and uh, let's say broader organizational growth. And they combine those two things together because then you really get a, a flywheel effect where the team is working more effectively together and the individuals are working more effectively. That's great. So tell me, what, what are some of the common things that you see? I mean, you work with huge companies, you work with very successful entrepreneurs and, and founders, executives. Uh, what, what are some of the common themes that you see where you're able to add value, things that maybe they're not doing or things that they can do better? Yeah, I see a lot in ultimately communication. How are we communicating? And what I think a hot topic right now is so important is empathy. How well are you able to understand and connect with the people that you need to communicate to? And that that's important for teams. That's important for colleagues. That's important in your home life and your relationships. So when we do that work in the team setting, it translates all the way down. In fact, that's a lot of comments I get. Like, I never realized this would help me with my with my wife or with my home life, you know, and, and I'm seeing such benefits with that as well. So all of those are places that we look at communication. We look at building empathy, and we've got some very specific assessments and tools that allow people to get provide a framework to understand and get better in. And I think that that's one of the things that really try to do. I do best with frameworks and frameworks, you know, breaking it down into simple models that people can understand and grow within. Well, let's talk about that a little bit because you, I know, specialize, you're an expert with Enneagram. And I just think that it's imperative. So we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to the show and a lot of them are here because they want to learn how to invest or they want to learn how to develop a better lifestyle or the exact lifestyle that they desire to have. We definitely have people that have jobs that, uh, that are listening in. So our, our, our audience is pretty vast, but one of the things that I think is just powerful. I mean, you said it because it works on a personal level. It works with your spouse. It works with your friends is these personality and behavioral assessments and, and coming from, you know, a person that is an entrepreneur at heart. I've started companies. I've scaled companies. I have used assessments 
to hire the right people and to move people around and get them in the right positions because uh, or organizationally, you might have great people, but they might just be in the wrong role uh, or they may be button heads with someone and maybe you can kind of put a buffer in there. there. There's so many different things you can do when you understand this. So I'd love to hear your thoughts around Enneagram and the power of that, both personally and professionally. Yeah, it's an it's such an incredibly powerful tool. Personally, I started using it, I want to say about eight or nine years ago. And what I found is that it allows you to create the empathy. You learn that what I'm motivated by, other people aren't motivated by. And, and so there are nine different primary styles. And I was even thinking about this for your listeners. I could apply the Enneagram for how people invest even. There's a core driver or core motivator and what could get in their way with investing and what you know strength they may bring to the investing process for each type. And we apply it, we do the same thing, we apply it to different leadership competencies, how to give feedback based on type, how to delegate based on type, right? How to influence and persuade. What are the natural gifts you're going to come with based on your type? And what are some areas that you could work on? Or who do you need on your team to fill that gap? Because you know, I like to say, we, we think we we see we're chameleons and can see 360 degrees, right? But we actually, we have, we have a peripheral vision and based on that vision, this is what we see, but we can't think that that is all of reality. There's something behind our head that we're not seeing. And the thing is someone else is seeing that. And so I think even as an investor, it would be interesting to learn more about your, your style. So you look at what's my blind spot. What am I going to be really good at? And what's my blind spot as a result of that? And that's so true. And, you know, when you think about being an investor, everyone's got different skills, whether you're an investor, an entrepreneur, whatever, you have these skills that are just innate. They're so easy. You know, maybe it's because they are in fact innate. Maybe it's because you have 10,000 hours. And so now you can just, it's, it's like autopilot. You can do it in your sleep, but then there's your blind spots, as you mentioned, and, you know, number one, you want to become aware of them. But number two, once you are aware of them, can you put other people around you that help support where you may be weak? Uh, and I, I love hearing that. And I know from a business standpoint, that's incredible. I'd love to hear even more about how you can utilize Enneagram and some of these things to uh, hack investing, to become a better investor, to, to make less poor choices and more good choices. Yes. Well, I could go through. So I took some notes. I was thinking, oh, how could I let's apply Enneagram to investing and think about the different personality types. And again, it's core motivator. So let me also back up and say what makes Enneagram different than, say, some other assessments is there's things like Myers-Briggs and DISC, which are which are also very valuable. But Enneagram goes to, I would say, a layer beneath those, and it gets to core motivator. So behaviors could show up very differently from this, that people of the same type, but their core driver or motivator is the same. And when you get to that level, then what opens up is that ability to see what you're missing or what the blind spot is. Because you're motivated to do this, you're not seeing this behind you. So with that as a, a backdrop, I went through the different types. And um, do you, by the way, do you know your type? 
I do. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a huge fan of Enneagram. I've, I have, uh, I mean, because I started a company and I I built out a lot of the recruiting systems, both internally and externally, I got really familiar with a lot of the different assessments. And so uh, I do personally love Enneagram. There's a book that I read that is a very comprehensive book on it. And, um, and it's, this has just been a, a really cool exercise. And also the, the, community group or friend group that I'm part of the the group I'm closest with here in Austin we use this together all the time so we talk about it from the standpoint of like families you know what what's your spouse and then how how are you going to show up and how do you interact with your kids and how do you interact with other couples it's it's really neat um, but I am a seven and uh, I believe as I, I am too yeah I, well I'm not surprised <laughs> So type seven is the enthusiastic visionary. And what I would say, let's start with type seven, since we both are. Uh, So type seven is always looking at possibilities. What could go right? What are the opportunities here? And with that, they're able to pull together information in a way that others may not see. They tend to be multidisciplinary. I mean, you just look at my background with acting and law and, you know, BCG consulting and leadership development and uh, pull it together in a way that make connections that others may not see. But also the drawback could be maybe not seeing what could go wrong or not processing or dealing with negative emotions to get the information that those give you so you can make better choices in the future. So in terms of investing, a type seven might be seeing all the potential opportunities and maybe not assessing the risk as well as they should be. And often I say you want to if, if you want to pay attention to that piece, but also perhaps you have either a friend if you're independent or you have a partner that could be a type six that will help balance you out. So the type six is the loyal skeptic and they're always troubleshooting what could go wrong, right? Looking for what, what are the potential drawbacks? They have trouble actually taking action potentially on what could go right and together you're a dynamite combination. Yeah, and that makes sense because my main attorney that I run everything through is a six, is super skeptical about everything. And he always says to me, Justin, you can't look at things as if everything's going right and it's going to work and disprove it. He says, you have to look at every deal as if everything's going to go wrong and then prove why it's not. And so that was really unique feedback that allowed me to start looking at investments in a different light. But I couldn't agree with you more. I think that that is tremendous. Yes, I think it's great for every seven to have a friend or a, a resource that is a type six to check, check. Am I, you know, I have a good friend who's a type six and I'm like, all right, great. This is what I'm thinking. But tell me, what do you see? What do you see? Because I know I'm missing something. And she does. Right. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, what are some of the other common ones that uh, that we can walk through? I'd love hearing this. Yes. So as I was t- taking my little notes here, um, so type one is the perfectionist or sometimes called the principled reformer. And they're very focused on getting things right, 
doing it the right way, very ethical, very conscientious, can be critical as well. You know, sometimes everything has to be, if it, it's not worth doing if it's not done right. And so if you apply that to investing, can be really focused on how, what is the exact process that I can use to get it right? And they can have repeatable, nice repeatable processes or standard operating procedures because of that. And that's a gift that they'll bring to the investing. However, they could also get caught up in wanting it to be so perfect that they don't take the leap of faith that's required, like 80%, you know, the 80-20 rule, like good enough, this is good to go, we need to take a risk. So that's sort of, again, their, their strength and where they could get stuck in the, in the investing piece. Yeah, I think that's awesome. And, you know, there are definitely some of the categories that are just a full-blown action taker. Uh, so that seems like that'd be a real good combo uh, with them. You know, someone's going to move forward, but it's good that they have some systems in place just to protect them. Yes, absolutely. Like, so, so a good pairing with that might be the type three. The type three is the competitive achiever or sometimes called the productive performer. And they love competition. It's all about winning. And it's all about doing things the most efficiently way possible, get into action now. And, and they don't want anybody wasting their time. They want to go. And so where they they would be pushing the, the type one to get into action, make it happen, that's good enough, let's go. And their love of winning could make them amazing, amazing investors. Um, and love, the th because it's very clear when you're investing, are you winning or are you losing? And type threes love that. They want to have a very clear indicator, um, am I winning or am I not? That's great. Oh, I love that. Uh, that's so fun. And it's great to just think about how, every there, there is a downside or a drawback to every single one of these so how do you make yourself stronger and better and smarter and that comes from community it comes from other people that can balance out your strengths and weaknesses in a way that the one plus one equals three and i think that that's so cool Yes, it's it's that's how it's so helpful for teams because now rather than getting annoyed by the person who's very different from you, you can build stronger empathy to understand what they're driven by and together you can create something much better. I even call it cognitive diversity, right? You want cognitive diversity. You want cognitive diversity in your relationships, in your friendships and in your teams and in the workplace. And that's really what we use this tool to promote. That's cool. What about a nine? This is uh, one I'm interested in because my wife's a nine. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm curious to hear uh, what you have to say there, you know? Yeah. So the nine is called uh, some terms for the peacemaker or the mediator, modest mediator would be a, a term. Um, and so uh, great team players, really good at listening to others' perspectives and points of view, and sometimes don't know their own point of view until they heard everyone. They're great at drawing people in, like, let's hear from Charlie or let's hear from Sarah, and wanting to make sure that people get recognition for what they've done. So, But with that, the drawback may be they don't trust their own gut. So, uh, or they'll also be hesitant to step out and, and take a risk. And so that's why they're listening to, to, for everyone else to 
see what their own point of view is. So the work we do some with the nine, and I would say with investing is to work on building up that intuition. What's what's your gut telling you before you listen to everyone else? Because you could be swayed. And so a type nine could be swayed by others' opinions as opposed to really going what's within their heart or their gut or their head. Yeah. And that just, you know, kind of confirms the value for a nine for everyone, of course, but for a nine for peer group, right? Make sure that you are surrounded by really smart people. I always talk about if, if you want to raise your game, if you want to get better professionally, if you want to live a life that is more exciting, more inspiring, more productive, then hang around people that do that and just watch magically. It will naturally happen. It's just a byproduct of the people you spend the most time with. And it's cool having an assessment like this where you can really figure out, hey, who who can kind of help complete the person I am or the person that I want to be? Who can hold me accountable to the things that I want to do, right? And then who can be a partner with me and celebrate the ups and uh, who can, you know, be a caretaker to me and, and make me feel all right during the downs, Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's cool. Well, I want to encourage, you know, all of our listeners and, and viewers that if you haven't taken the Enneagram to do it and and to kind of apply those and and really take a look at who's in your peer group, who, you know, obviously your spouse, even your kids, and get a chance to see what that looks like and see combined what you are as a unit and figure out where your blind spots could be because this is, we're talking about investing right here, but we could be talking about lifestyle, right? I mean, someone that doesn't take action on investments is probably not going to take action uh, readily on the life that they want to live. Uh, someone that's unsure of next steps might be uh, hesitant to get out of their comfort zone and, and you know, take the, the step in the right direction or to write down what it is that they want. Someone that maybe is just, full-blown taking action isn't taking the time to write down what it looks like. What's the vision and what are the steps to get there and how do we do it in an efficient manner and not just bulldozing? Yes. And here's a little tip. When you do do this work with the Enneagram and you think about who are the people in your life you most need, the place to look is uh, the model itself. And that is the wing styles. They call them wings, which means the numbers on either side of you. So since we're both sevens, those numbers, the people we want, particularly in our lives, are the type six and the type eight. Um, those can give great perspectives to you. There's something they can see that you can't see. But also there's something called the arrow lines. And if you look at the diagram of the Enneagram, it's got all these sort of crisscrossing lines in between. And those provide even uh, very vast differences of opinion to you. And for the type seven, it's type one, the perfectionist that we talked about, and type five, which is the quiet observer or specialist. And each of those have something to teach you, but those are the people that uh, to make the best decisions, you wanna almost call on those consultants, so to speak. And creating a community of those, being intentional about that uh, is really where I see the direction of how Enneagram 3 will be used in the future and building teams that way. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I'm curious if you can uh, quickly go through the ones that we didn't cover. I believe two, four, and eight, if my memory serves me correctly. Yes. So type two is the uh, strategic supporter or considerate helper. 
And they are great, obviously, as the, the name says, at helping others. Almost, I would say, the selfless givers group that we started with, that's a type two organization, right? How can I support you? How can I help? And so they're always giving, looking for ways to support others. But their drawback can be maybe not tending to their own needs as much or taking on so much that they lose sight of their own priorities. So in terms of investing, you know, they'll look for ways, they might look for opportunities to help others through investing, or perhaps they'll look for types of investments that help others and want to get involved in that. But they may get a little bit overwhelmed if they're trying to also help invest for Uncle Fred and Cousin Sue and all those other things. So so it's like what, you know, balancing these two things, I think, is what the type two needs to do. That's good. That's just great to be aware of. And it's so fun hearing these because I keep thinking of people. It's like, oh, yeah, they're a type two. You know, I, I mean, that's so fun when you can kind of figure out who in your network is a different, you know, different number than you. It's very easy to connect with those that are the same number as you. Uh, you just see eye to eye on so much stuff. Conversation. Yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> I always say, yes, you can have a team that has mostly the same Enneagram type and you won't have any arguments but you also may not be as effective as you want to be, right? <laughs> That's right. No doubt. What about fours? So type four is uh, the authentic creative or intense um, creative. And these are people who are very focused on purpose and meaning in life. They tend to have an artistic flair to them. So there's some creativity piece, but they're so good at finding what is the meaning behind something or what is the purpose of this or what, what, what's the emotional thread? And so my sense is if I had to apply that to investing is looking at types of investments that are, are going to bring deeper meaning and purpose to people's lives and wanting to focus on those types of companies. If, if they can't see that, that thread, they're not going to be as interested in it. But the drawback, or let's just say the potential watch out for them is they can suffer from envy um, or feel like they're missing out or they were left behind and get caught up in that or see kind of seeing the dark side of that, of their own insecurities or doubts. So um, really trying to focus on the purpose and meaning and their gift would be the best way for them and not get caught up on what they missed out on in terms of investing. Look forward. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I enjoy learning about each of these and, and just, again, plucking people from my network. And it's like, oh, that makes so much sense. I get it. I get the way you're looking at it, or I get why you have a hard time making this move or that step or connecting these dots. Uh, so that's cool. Now, I've got a really good friend that's an eight. So I'm excited to, to learn more uh, and have our audience hear more about eights. Yeah, so type eight is the powerful challenger or sometimes called the active controller. Uh, big presence people, they, in fact, such big presence that they might intimidate others with their presence. They're very sure of themselves. They're very direct, candid. You know where you stand with an eight, which makes them trustworthy in that way. And so the type eight is so good 
at that ability to see the big picture that I think that makes them really great investors from that standpoint. They'll see the big picture, see, be able to, what are the common macro trends that I need to be part of and get on board with? But they also might want to delegate. They don't like to necessarily get in the weeds. So they're best if they have somebody that says, here's the macro trends, now you go execute the trades or something of that nature. If they have someone to delegate to that they can lead, even better. Yeah. And that makes all the sense in the world because my friend I was referring to, it's one of the most successful people I know, and he's just done well in everything he's ever done. And that's it. That's uh, it, it's so fascinating. Um, it, it's just spot on. And, and it's, it's interesting when you get this down, this gives you a leg up. It gives you a leg up in the way that you interact on a personal level. It gives you a leg up in the way that you interact professionally, the way that you see yourself, that you can recognize your blind spots, that you can proceed in a, a way that you, you can ensure your success more by pulling in people to support you you know, as you said, the, you know, having these wings and, and recognizing where you need help and uh, also just getting really good and even better at the things you're already good at. Yes, exactly. Get better at that, know who to bring in and work on the, the, the areas that you may not see. So now I force myself to go, well, what could potentially go wrong here? Let me take some time out to really look at that because my natural inclination is just to look at all the potential opportunities and possibilities. I love it. Well, this to me is equipping a very healthy and wealthy lifestyle and mindset. And you and I talked, you know, prior earlier today about this and so much of building wealth. And again, when I say building wealth, I'm talking about all facets of it. I'm not just talking about money, but I am talking financials. Uh, I'm also talking health. And I'm talking about that from a spiritual standpoint, from an emotional, intellectual standpoint, a physical standpoint, a living your purpose and using your gifts standpoint. I mean, it really breaks down into so many categories, but it's such a mindset type of thing. And when you can really kind of adapt that mindset, surround yourself with other people that support a better, stronger, healthier mindset, uh, when you're just in community with people that play the game of life at a higher level or have a better discipline or um, have a, a different way of viewing things, you tend to operate that way and, and, it, and it rubs off on you. And I, I'd love to hear your perspective on that because you have just been around so many successful, high-level, well-known people, entrepreneurs and executives. I'd love to know your perspective. Yes, it's it's fascinating what you, I really believe and I see it happen, what you believe you create. So if you can't believe it, it's going to be very unlikely you're going to be able to create it. And the power of visualization in that is so important. There's two things that you need to think about and we work with leaders on. One is visualizing or getting clarity on what it is that you want, but also what's the emotions that you want as a result of that? And how can you feel those now? Because if you're feeling the lack of something, then what's going to kind of come back to you is the lack of that thing, right? Or the absence of it. So a lot of times getting clarity on what is it, what is the end state you're really looking for? Not really end state, but let's say what the next goal is. Uh, for instance, by the end of 2021, what, what do you want to, to see in your life? 
What do you want to see in your business? And how do you want to feel as a result of that? Okay, great. Now let's work back. Based on those, how can you bring that emotional state to you now? Because, and do everything you do infused with that. And that's a lot of the work that we're doing now because that emotional state is really what creates and also manifests. So it's not just the visualization. It's both getting it, getting it in the heart. It's sort of getting it in the head, visualizing it and getting it in the heart with emotions. And what are some practical steps that people can take, you know, around this? Because our audience is probably, I mean, certainly many of our audience are going to be target market for you, but everyone to a certain degree is target market for this content and for, you know, moving their life in the direction. I always talk about like every taking some form of action to move in the direction that you want to go. And if you don't have a clear vision of what it is, it's going to be really hard to go where you want to go. You're going to go by default. You're going to go by, you know, just whoever's around you and, and whatever people you're saying yes to, or, or, you know, instead of like creating your possibilities and creating your opportunities, but I'm curious what some practical actionable items are. Yes. So here's something I do every year. I've been doing it since 2012 and it's, it's almost magical how this thing works, but I create the list of experiences that I want to have for the next year, as opposed to doing New Year's resolutions or something like that. And I do it by category. So I write down what are the experiences I want to have in my career? What are the experiences I want to have with my family? What are the experiences that I'd love to have with, um, let's say, personal growth? What do I want to break through with this year? And detailing that out. And I I write that all down and it's not like I, I'm not one of these people that's going to keep looking at it every week. Oh, am I getting there? Am I getting there? It's to me, that's a little bit like putting a seed in the ground and like, are you growing? Are you growing? I don't know (laughs) what's coming up now, but let's say about halfway through the year, I'll check in and notice how many things have started to come. And honestly, even without putting detailed plans and goals together, On average, two-thirds to three-fourths of those things on that list do come true. And they may not come true that year, but they come true the following year. And I've seen that time after time with other people that I work with, in addition to my own. It works for me. So I always like to walk the talk and do it for me. And it does. That's awesome. And I, you know, I, same thing, I've been doing this for years. I mean, over a decade where I have everything mapped out. In fact, I talk about this a little bit in my book where I give like a preview of like the freedom vision and the checklist of kind of what you want in your life. But I have a full blown, you know, it's, it's a pretty comprehensive exercise that I do with my spouse uh, and my my wife. And and we um, just kind of plan out the year. It's just fantastic. And we feel so good when we're done, but it's, it's a full day activity and it takes a little bit of prep time. And, and, uh, I offer it actually as one of the free resources, uh, when people do, uh, get a chance to read through the book, uh, which is cool. And I can only imagine that, uh, you have been able to really dissect this from the standpoint of how do I optimize this for me? How do I optimize it? You know, how do I take this plan? I know, I know how I'm wired, you know how you're wired, but how do you make it and, and optimize it for, you know, those that you're in community with? And I think it's just cool that you can do that. Yeah. And, you know, one one thing you can do with that um, to to when you talk about optimization, I think about 
an optimized life is living your true values, your core values. And they may differ as by Enneagram type from others. And so a way to figure out what those values are is maybe to think about what are you grateful for from 2020? Now, 2020 was a hard year. And some may say there's not a lot to be grateful for, but if you look closely, there is. And you'll find when you create that list, and that's part of this exercise, is you create that list of what you're grateful for. You can pick out why are you grateful for that? There is some value that got honored in that. And that's how I create and I help clients create their core values. And based on those core values, now looking ahead, what do you want to create that will honor those values in each of those areas that I mentioned before, career, life, personal growth, and friends, you know, what do you, what, how do you want that value to be honored this year? And so that's another, another little trick that I find that's so helpful in the visualization process. Oh, it's so good. And, and when you are showing gratitude, you cannot experience some of the other emotions of feeling helpless, or you, you can't really be a victim when you're spending time, you know, writing down and, you know, even thinking about all the things that you're grateful for. So I love that. I love that you do that. It's in fact, um, I had Hal Elrod on my podcast a few episodes ago, and, and he's just the master at this. Uh, he's just such a great soul, but his whole message is showing gratitude for anyone and everyone. And uh, I love that you incorporate that. And in fact, that leads me to a really fun question because I know this is a new and exciting year for you. I actually want to know what you're most excited about because this is a year of change for you. This is a year of new opportunities, new beginnings. And obviously you're doing a lot of the same things that you are an expert at, but you are introducing and opening up a new chapter of your life. And I'd love to hear more about it. Yes, yes. So we are, and I am, um, and my team are launching a show called The Enlightened Executive, and it's both a YouTube and podcast. And the focus of it, again, using that, that line I told you before, your personal evolution sparks your leadership evolution. What I noticed is entrepreneurs and executives that I work with are hungry for groundbreaking techniques that help them grow in personally and professionally. And so each week we focus on one of these groundbreaking techniques because I've kind of been a curator of these over the years. I mean, Enneagram is just one. There's so, so many that I'm always learning about the new thing and bringing it to my clients. And I said, God, I ought to create a show on this. So we cover each week, we're going to cover a different topic. And we've got some of the initial shows are focusing on um, the power of focus and how not to get distracted and how to help your team not get distracted from a former Hindu monk teaching the power of concentration and focus. We've got uh, some episodes on artificial intelligence and how that's going to transform so many things and how not to be afraid of it, but how to embrace that change and how to win in your career as AI comes on to the fore. We've got things on the Enneagram, as I just mentioned. We even have um, an episode, it's fascinating, a guy who's an expert at face reading. 
And so face reading is a technique. It's an ancient technique that um, is used in some Asian uh, business communities as well. Particularly, that's where he was trained, but he goes all over the world and he goes into businesses and can tell when people are lying, when they're congruent. And it's beyond body language. It's something about micro expressions in your face. He can tell, I mean, it's almost you know, like, like fortune teller-esque. But one of the things that he told me, just to give you an idea about this, the, the insights you get on this show is if you're in China and there's more than three people at the table from on the Chinese side, that one of them is likely a face reader because it's that prevalent. And I had no idea. I did not either. That's unbelievable. That's incredible. Yes. Yes. So I'm bringing, you know, Eastern, Western techniques, all sorts of things together, but really excited about the show. It's called The Enlightened Executive. And this is my way to not only interview incredibly interesting people and what they do, but also the executives who swear by them, you know, based on what, what is something that you've really found to be helpful. And let's get the word out on that to help others and build the community of enlightened execs and entrepreneurs. That's what I hope to do. People that are hungry for this type of information and bring it to you. Well, I love you say that you hope to do it. You're already doing it. So it's it's not a matter of hoping. I mean, you are you've been in action on this for uh, the majority of your professional life, which is so cool. But I love seeing an, an actual place that people can go and they can learn. I mean, you charge an incredible amount for what you do. I mean, you are, are highly regarded in the business community. And so now people can get it for free. They can, you know, listen in on these conversations that you're having, uh, similar to the one that we just had today. I, I just am so excited. Um, and I believe you launch pretty soon, right? Yes. Um, next week is the launch. So that's why I use it in the future tense, but you may be by the, when this <laughs> goes out, it might be past tense, but yes, exactly. And, you know, this shouldn't be something that just the billionaire clients who hire me have information to. So this is, this is a broader, this is almost a, it's a more of a movement. And that, that's what I noticed in, in circles. People are asking me about these things. We're talking about them and let's just create a platform to make that more widely available for, for those who are interested in growth. I love it. I think that's so cool. And, you know, you mentioned here that you've got, you know, several clients that are billionaires and this is something that I, I really love making clear to people because there are so many people out there that are like, oh yeah, if I just had more money, I'd be happy. But that's not the case. I mean, there are so many people that are very financially wealthy. They, they do well financially. And they are some of the most angry and unpleasant people that you've ever met. And you can meet other people that are maybe nowhere close to where they want to be financially, but they're pleasant and they're wonderful. And so it's just a great reminder. And by the way, we should also realize that just because someone makes a lot of money, even though they're, you know, in kind of today's day and age, they're kind of made out to be, you know, maybe a horrible person. There are wonderful people too that uh, do great things that have worked hard to build a great net worth. And so, you know, I'd be curious, just some of your perspective of the clients that you've worked with, some of these high net worth individuals. I mean, I'm sure some have an incredible lifestyle, but I'm actually pretty sure some don't. And the key to 
achieving the life that you want. Uh, I mean, sure, money solves financial problems, but it will not solve all your problems. I'd love your perspective on that. You have probably talked to and uh, just really been around more people in this billionaire category than most people will ever get to in their life. Yeah, it's 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 fascinating to see the range of how money is not the determining factor of the level of happiness of the people that I work with. And for those who are wanting something more for their lives, that's where we go back to the values and where in their life do they feel their values aren't being honored and how could they have that be honored and use their resources to help make that happen. That's one piece. But ultimately, the deeper work that I'm doing, and this is leading into to the book uh, that I'll be launching, is there, we all have a wound from childhood. We all have something that happened to us, and it's both our blessing and our curse. Usually, it's our blessing because it's fueled us to do something different, right? Or to be a different way. Maybe I'm not going to be like my dad in this way, or I'm not going to be like my mom in this way. And at the same time, if we're always running from not being like them or like something that happened in our family, we're never really creating what we're running to. And that's why I say that visualization, that getting clear on the values, it's far more powerful to make clear what you're running to versus what you're running from. And each of these, when you've got sort of this, uh, I call it a childhood wound, but it's like a, a statement, like I'm not enough or um, I'll, I'm abandoned or I, whatever happened, what I found is if you don't do the work to heal that, it just gets, keep playing out in the workplace over and over and over. And that's basically the work we do. So even in the billionaire category, it's like what needs to get healed so that you don't keep recreating it or running from it. And you're running towards something that's far more a far more meaningful mission that will get you out of that loop and uh, of unhappiness. That is so fascinating. Thanks for sharing that. And um, really just thanks for spending time with us here today. Uh, I really appreciate it, Susan. I, I'm curious, where can our listeners and our viewers find you online? Yes, yes. So Definitely go to enlightenedexec.com. It's on all on both podcast and on YouTube. So uh, you'll see those those there to check out. The consulting arm is meritageleadership.com. That's M-E-R-I-T-A-G-E leadership.com. So find me in both those places. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And I just want to remind our, our viewers and our listeners one more time, as I do at the end of every episode, take some form of action today. Move one step closer to the life that you desire and not just settle with a life by default. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Lifestyle Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. You can also leave an honest rating and review over on iTunes. Not only do I read every single one, but it also helps me understand what content matters the most to our audience. 
And if you can think of one or two people who could benefit from this episode, would you share it with them right now? Who knows? Maybe they'll buy you something nice when they make their first million. If you would like access to today's show notes, including links to all the resources mentioned, visit www.justindonald.com forward slash podcast. Thanks again for listening, and I'll catch you next week for another episode of The Lifestyle Investor.